Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. To Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, just the excellent worship tonight. Thank you for Sister Michelle and the Kellerberger family, Lord, and and just uh, the kiddos who are here, Lord, and uh, we just say yes to you tonight, Lord. God, it's not always easy to put aside our agenda and just come in here and worship and pray and hear your word, but we just trust that you're doing something tonight that matters for eternity. And we just ask that you would open your word to us. And Lord, we continue to ask that in your great mercy, you would bring an end to this war in Ukraine very quickly. And we do pray for miraculous intervention in the city of Mariupol. We pray that the many people there that are starving and in in need of aid, that miraculously there would be intervention in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not going to go too long on this, maybe 10, 11, midnight. My wife likes when I go long. Just kidding. Uh, We're going to talk about testing tonight. Testing. And so I've titled this Pure as Gold, Making Sense of Testing Seasons. We all love to be tested. If you're young, you're not necessarily there yet, but I'm just, for the youngsters here, there's going to be times when you're tested. Your faith will be tested. And if you're kind of older folk, like the moms and dads here tonight, we've gone through a few tests. We get that that happens. Uh-oh. I need to go up a little bit? No, it just stops. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll try it another time. <laughs> it's, uh, we, I, that was an interesting night. So they'll just have to get the recording. But one of my uh, favorite authors, uh, A.W. Tozer, I've read so much of his stuff, he says this great quote. He says, God never uses anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. God never uses anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. Job, from the book of Job, who's probably, there's been no one other than Jesus that, that you could read about and go, wow, that was serious testing. Um, he said... When God has tested me, I mean, this is in the middle of his trial. He says this, when God has tested me or when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. And so even in the difficulty that Job went through, we'll talk a little bit about it tonight, he recognized within it that this would not be happening for some random reason. This is happening to purify me, to make me even more useful for God's purposes. So just... From the start, you know, when we go through these difficult trials or a testing season, I would consider myself indefinitely a testing season, (laughs) which is why we're talking about it tonight. But there is a purpose to it. And sometimes, you know, we kind of have to step back and go, oh, yeah, that's in the Bible. God's doing it. But it doesn't feel that way when you're going through intense testing. 
I'm not going to go through most of the notes. Uh, They're just kind of there if you want to study more on your own. But we have to remember, this is under number two, God brings us through purifying times because he loves us. And it's hard to remember that sometimes when we're going through uh, difficulty, maybe in our health or financially or relational difficulties or something very traumatic like what's going on in Ukraine. Certainly, you know, there's many being tested in their faith. Like, where are you, Lord? Uh, when we go through these, we, we have to know that God is doing something um, that is very important and that he loves us through it all. God's heart in our testing is that we would uh, come through it more useful, more fruitful, more able to receive his presence and things of that nature. And so he never tests us just to kind of go, I knew you were going to fail. I I just knew you wouldn't stack up. He's not like that bad teacher we had that one year that, you know, kind of just gets a kick out of us not being able to memorize something or he's totally, he's good in his heart toward us. And he is wanting that gold to come to the surface. Uh, When I was, I think, I don't know how old I was. I, I just had finished college and my first job in the corporate world, I worked at Caterpillar for a number of years. My first job was a summer intern at their foundry. Um, that's where I hired in, and hopefully we are okay back there. Uh, is, are our children alive? Okay. <laughs> I would recommend putting the, the table. There we go. <laughs> We're getting tested tonight talking about testing. Um, my, my first job, so I worked at the foundry. And at the foundry is where they literally melt iron or, or it's just like steel. There's small differences. They melt it into liquid. And I'm telling you, I've never been somewhere hotter in my entire life. And when those big old ovens, I'll call them an oven, they open up and it's just molten iron. And it is just like straight out of a horror movie. But there is someone's job there. And this guy's built like a freight train. His job is to put this big, huge, long, like 100-pound stick and just churn it until he can get all the impurity out of it and throw it in a bucket. And that bucket weighs like 200 pounds. It's just amazing. And, and that's how they purify this iron to make engine blocks and various things. And so there's this really intense... Uh, analogy, uh, you know, where to get things pure, they have to be heated up very intensely. And there's a lot of analogies in the Bible, you know, talking about gold being refined or silver being refined, but we get refined. And the way God refines us is not usually fun. He, he turns up the heat of circumstances and then the things within us begin to come to the surface and we're like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. But apparently that's in there. So, Lord, can you take that away? And so there's, there's that process. And so my heart tonight is to, you know, help us understand this will happen. Some Christians don't, they've never been taught this. And so they, they go through their first trial and they're like, oh, this is a crisis. No one ever told me. And so whether you've had a few tests or, or not, you know, this, this is something that's going to happen. And so we do need to be uh, prepared for it. 
Um, I've got a number of verses here, but let's just go down to letter three, bottom of the first page. I just want to touch on three people in the Bible. When I talk about testing, I'm not just talking about the general, you know, throughout our Christian life, we're going to be refined day unto day. We're going to be matured. We're going to be grown up and those kinds of things. That's, that's normal. But then there's times and seasons where it's like there's three or four or five major trials converging. And it could last for months and years. I mean, there could be all kinds of elements all of a sudden. And so that's what I'm talking about, a real season of testing. It's when there's more than just the general, yeah, God's changing me, praise God. It's when there's a lot of things happening at once. We're kind of like, did I like get off track somewhere or is like, you know, my enemy number one on the enemy's list. But I want you to know you haven't lost your way. And there are times where this happens, and it's because we're valuable. God wants to promote us. God wants to purify us more. The enemy sees what's, you know, who we're becoming, and he wants to intervene and stop that. And so we, the best thing we can do is just allow the process to unfold and kind of not take the shortcut. Um, that was basically what the enemy tried to do with Jesus. When the enemy tempted Jesus, that was an intense test, by the way. I mean, if the devil appeared to him and was like, you know, tempting him face to face, that's, int- I, don't, I don't know anybody else that, that that's happened to. But he had this option. The devil's like, I'll make this easier on you. I'll get everything that's coming to you. You just got to worship me. And, you know, you won't have to go through that whole cross thing. And Jesus goes, no, I want to stay with the process. I want to do exactly what I've been called to do. I don't, want to, I don't want the pain to be taken out of my calling. I don't want the test to be taken out. Because if I shortcut it, I'm going to get less than, than what is coming for me. And so when we go through hard times, sometimes we just kind of want to quit and not do what we're supposed to. And the, and the Lord just says, stick with it. Job is probably the premier example in the Old Testament of someone who went through trial. And the reason the book of Job is important is because we see how the the Lord is sovereign over what the enemy tried to do to his life. And I just encourage us all to be familiar with the book of Job. But imagine this trial. Imagine you're Job, everything's going well, you're wealthy, you know, you've got great amount of possessions and, you know, you're wise and people respect you. And then there comes a day, this is Job chapter 1 or 2, where he finds out essentially every one of his children have died. And all these huge, uh, interesting, uh, you know, like one was like in a battle, or I can't remember all the details, but they all die suddenly, and people come and give him the report, and, and I, you know, and then there was the pain of that, and then his health fails. And so there's, a, there's another, there's a really intense trial, his kids die, and then he, his health fails and says he's got boils and he regrets that he was born and all these crazy things. And this is a real story. And then his friends show up. This is, this is like the, the icing on the cake. His friends show up and basically rebuke him for like 30 or 40 chapters. It's like, gee, thanks. You know, my whole family's dead. I'm, I'm obviously in poor health. And then all the people who said they love me come and basically tell me I must have secret sin and I'm of the devil But even insensitive friends are their own trial. And I have seen this in in the years of ministry that God's led me in. It is really a trial 
when friends don't get what God's doing in your life and so they check out. It's, it's, it's hard. But put all this together and Job, is, he's in what, <clears throat> excuse me, Isaiah described as the furnace of affliction. I mean, you lose your loved ones and you're sick and your friends don't get it and they're rebuking you and you don't know what's going on. You don't have the book of Job to read through because you're Job going through it. You know, that's its own thing. There, there was, you know, Job was perhaps the first book written in the Bible. It predates even the books of Moses. And so he has almost nothing to go by other than his faith. It's just raw faith. But one of the reasons the book of Job is so important is because we see the end of the story. We don't always see the end of the story when we're going through trials, but we can look at other people's stories and go, okay, God intended something good. And so not only at the end of the story does the Lord restore Job's losses double, but he also has a closer walk with the Lord. He sees God more clearly. He sees himself more clearly. And the Lord restores, it says, double than what he had before. And so we don't always know why all of these things are happening, but we know there's an intended end that where God wants to truly bless our life and where the Lord wants to receive a greater glory from us. You know, we think of Joseph. Joseph's like the classic story. Uh, Caleb, can you throw my water up here or walk it up? I'm, I'm gonna need a sip here in a minute. Uh, Joseph, you know, here's a guy. He's just, he's a little kid and he has these dreams, right? We tell kids, dream big dreams. Well, Joseph had big dreams. And he tells his family, I'm going to be a big deal. <laughs> Maybe he didn't share it with complete wisdom. Thank you, sir. And so his family says, nice dream. We want to kill you. Literally, that's what happened. His older brothers say, you know, that's great that you think we're going to bow down to you, but we're going to kill you. I mean, that, think of that kind of dysfunction in that family. That's, that's a real family. I mean, you just wanted to share the prophetic dreams of your heart, and so your brothers say, well, we want to drag them out into the woods and, and kill them. And then I think it's a little bit humorous because one of the brothers is like, well, let's not kill them, let's just sell them into slavery like that was some good option. And so they're like, yeah, 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 let's not kill them, let's just, let's just traffic him to someone who will buy him so we can get some money. This isn't just a Bible story, this is a real, a real kid's life. And what's sad is, but also there's some hope to it, there's many kids being trafficked today who will be the next Josephs, who will be in great governmental authority one day, and they're going to go through this, and they, they need to know that there's a process. The Lord never wanted it to happen this, this way, but, but even He can redeem evil. And, and so there's this incredible story of this young boy who is betrayed and disowned by his own uh, brothers and family who ends up being literally one of the most powerful people in the world. Such a beautiful story. He, you know, he gets sold into Egypt. Someone purchases him and he has a little bit of favor with that guy and so he starts doing some odds and ends for Potiphar and then Potiphar's wife seduces him and wrongly accuses Joseph. Joseph's in jail. So he's got all these seasons of, you know, he was trafficked and bought as a slave and spent time in prison. And it's like, what kind of career path do you have me on at this point? But that was actually the career path to be one of the most powerful people in the world. 
And we, we don't think of it that way. You know, think of President Zelensky of Ukraine. He was just, he was like an actor uh, playing uh, the part of a teacher who became a president in like a sitcom a couple years ago. And now he's the real president leading Ukraine through a war. So sometimes we just have no idea the career path that could be leading us into something that is of great significance. We know the end of the story. Joseph ends up number two in Egypt and his family comes to because of the famine and he's able to reconcile with his family and he's able to bring them to Egypt and provide for them. And they actually did, as he dreamed, they did bow down to him uh, as the second most powerful person in Egypt. It all was fulfilled, but we often don't know that from when we get to the, the, the first instance of the dream to its fulfillment, there's great test in between. And the, the more we're called to be, you know, powerful or whatever, whether it's government or ministry or whatever, it, it's, there's going to be a deep test involved. What I love about Joseph is he had so many excuses. I mean, we think our life is hard, right? But think of, think of Job's life. Think of Joseph's life. When I, when I think my life is hard, I, go, I open the Bible and I go, it's not that hard. If Joseph could do it, if Job could do it, I guess I have to do it. I want to just talk about Jesus for one moment because he's the ultimate example, right? I mean, there's nobody who is tested more intensely. And I kind of say this a little bit in jest. I say it frequently, but I, but I also mean it. I mean, imagine if your calling was to live perfectly. Like that was the call of God on your life. You have to live perfectly and die on a cross so that everybody can be saved. I mean, that's weighty. That's weighty stuff. I mean, every, not that he thought about it every day, but he could not have been a blameless, perfect sacrifice if he sinned even one time. And so, I mean, I'm just thinking, how do you go through your teen and your early young adult years and never sin? I just don't even understand that. But he did. And so he was able to live for 30 years in obscurity and to start a huge ministry where he was just basically opposed every second of every day and then live perfect through that. And then comes the real testing where the enemy shows up and says, you know, uh, you know, throw yourself off the cliff like the Bible says in Godalbert, there's all these various temptations and he stayed strong through that. And then he just keeps marching and he's faithful all the way to the end on the cross. I mean, that's, that's three years of intense testing in that ministry time and yet he faithfully obeyed. And we know now that, you know, he surrendered his life. I mean, his earthly life didn't look like much, you know, compared to... I don't know, he wasn't, he wasn't a billionaire, he wasn't this or that, but, but now he's the most, per, most powerful ruler in heaven. And he's, you know, there's, the Bible says that everybody will bow their knee to him. I just think it's so important to look through scripture and remember that these men and women of faith, I think of Esther, Gosh, Esther, what a story. There's, there, uh, Purim is going on right now, literally in Israel. And that's, uh, you know, they celebrate the story of Esther and just what happened and how God broke in and saved the Jewish people. But, I mean, there was just so much putting her life on the line and things that had to happen where, th I mean, there was some real trial there. There was some real testing there, testing of faith.
Real quick, let me just touch on why are God's tests so difficult and what are some ways through? Because if you're in one or you're about to be in one, it's good to just have a few things. One of the things that I think makes them difficult, we never, God doesn't like appear to us in the morning and say, you're going to be tested in a couple of weeks and it's going to last for a few years and then it'll be over. We never have that. There's, there are the reasons why it's hard when we're tested. They come without warning. There can be health and finances and family difficulty converging at once. And we're not sure how long they're going to last. And then they're really intense. And all of that, they, that's, they can be difficult. I guess my advice would be the way through a test is always remember their open book. In the kingdom, we can open up the Bible and we can talk to the author. We can talk to the Lord who is bringing us through the test so that we're more useful for his, for his purposes. I know no one does this perfect. I, 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 you know, when I go through a testing season or whatever where it's like more heightened, I just, I say, Lord, give me the resolve to obey. Help me not to take any shortcuts. That takes a little bit of faith. Also, we don't want to just, you know, kind of grit our teeth and just resolve. We want to talk to people, you know, because sometimes when we're going through testing, our hearts are being purified. We need to just talk it through with a seasoned leader, someone we trust. When we go through hard difficulties or trials, you know, some people, they begin to focus on the enemy and they begin to try to rebuke every demon in the city and whatnot. When you're going through tests and trials, focus on Jesus, not on Satan. Jesus did teach us, deliver us from all evil, and we pray that, but the ultimate focus is on God. We want to worship our way through all of the warfare. We want to worship, that's the worship mentality more than the, war, the warfare mentality. Even though worship is warfare, we, we, keep in, we keep our focus on just worshiping God because when God shows up, the evil flees. I mean, we can either try to focus on getting all the evil to flee or we can just bring the presence of the Lord and that, that just, a whole lot of enemies scatter when he shows up. Amen. I wanted to get through that very quickly because I just wanted to take a moment to pray into that. And so uh, we'll just land the plane there and let me just say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, we know that that goodness means that you will take us through tests. You will take us through situations and circumstances that refine us and they, they bring that dross to the surface so we can be made into more pure, purified gold. And I ask, Lord, that for anyone in this room or for those listening to this recording that are going through a season of, of heightened testing, that they would know how much you love them, that you have a purpose in it, and that you would bring them through and just make them brighter, cleaner, more useful, more fruitful in the kingdom. And I pray your encouragement over those tonight who have maybe just been beat down by, by life and, and they're in a test or a trial, encourage their heart, Lord, and show them that it, there's a purpose in it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. 
If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.